Whose authority do you respect the most? Who do you listen to and find persuading you? Maybe it's a colleague or a friend. Maybe it's a mentor or a teacher who's had so much influence on your life. Authority has to do with influence on your heart and on what you do. Authority has to do with credibility and persuasiveness. Someone shaping us and forming us and guiding us and encouraging us in a certain way. Who do you listen to? Who do you follow? Authority has also become a troubling subject in recent months. The world continues to face a nasty pandemic and we keep getting confusing messages even as we count 200,000 deaths in our nation. Who do we listen to with confidence and commitment? Is the virus going away or will it get worse? Is it more important to wear a mask or to argue about our rights not to wear a mask? Should we listen to the politicians or the scientists? We've seen wildfires raging in the West. We've seen hurricanes battering the South and the East. Is this caused by the devastating effects of climate change? Or is this just nature doing what nature does? If we could trust some authority on these matters, our responses might be different. Authority is a subject that confronted and confounded Jesus on a number of occasions. Listen to this story from Matthew 21. And when Jesus entered the temple, the senior pastors and the lay leaders came up to him while he was preaching, and they said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority. And Jesus responded and said to them, I'm going to ask you just one question myself, and if you tell me the answer, I'll tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. Here's the question The baptism of John, where did it come from? From heaven or from humans? Well, they had quite a discussion among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he'll be sure to ask us, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from humans, we will have to fear the sword since they all consider John a prophet. So they answered Jesus by saying, we don't know. So he said to them, neither am I going to tell you by what authority I am doing these things. First, the context of this passage is important. This tense scenario in the temple comes in the first verses following the Palm Sunday parade. 
At the beginning of Matthew 21, you remember, Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem and he comes to the Mount of Olives, which is overlooking the old city. And he instructs his disciples, as you know, to go into the village and find a donkey and the parade follows. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And in Matthew's gospel, Jesus goes into Jerusalem and goes into the temple and cleanses the temple. And what follows is this particular passage. The truth squad comes out to confront Jesus, asking him twice, by what authority are you doing these things? Well, Jesus is not an ordained rabbi, so that makes the religious authorities really nervous. By what authority? Is it from heaven or is it from humans? Even though Jesus doesn't say it here, this passage is another story that confirms that Jesus' authority is from God. Back in chapter 7 in Matthew, at the end of this long Sermon on the Mount, it says, and I quote, When Jesus had finished all these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. And Jesus has also been doing healing in this gospel, claiming the authority of the Son of Man to forgive sins and heal. And then at the end of Matthew, these words, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples and I will be with you to the close of the age. According to Bible scholar Dale Bruner, authority may be the single best word to describe the Jesus that we meet in Matthew Jesus comes with authority, God's authority. Jesus speaks with passion and intelligence. He embodies care and compassion for all people. He has a message that intends to bring life and eternal life. Jesus has God's authority. Thus, The right response to this heaven-sent gift, Jesus, is to believe. And believing means following. The right response to authority, like Jesus for sure, information and inspiration, compassion and care, purpose and peace, the right response is to listen and to commit to him. This is what Jesus wants from us. This is why Jesus appears with authority to meet us in the midst of life and call us to life with God and life for God. So, is Jesus from heaven or from humans? That's the lingering question in this scenario in the temple with the scribes and the Pharisees. And it's also, friends, the lingering, the regular, the daily question for our lives. Do we trust and follow Jesus, this one with authority? Do we? We have so much going on right now in life. 
and were asked a basic question about Jesus' authority. We're juggling life's challenges, you and I. Maybe it's work and children and school, which is super hard when it's all virtual. Maybe it is an illness and an uncertainty that's going on in your heart and in your household. Maybe it's grief and loss, anxiety perhaps. Maybe it's the 200,000 deaths in the U.S. from this coronavirus. Maybe it's just simple exhaustion from this never-ending isolation and frustration. Maybe it's some of the major concerns facing our nation, the racial turmoil, the questions about justice. All these keep haunting us, hampering us to find a way forward. Maybe it's the climate crisis or the growing disparities between rich and poor. Or maybe it's the upcoming election. There's so many things that perplex us, that discourage us, and all of which raise questions about authority. This passage confronts us with a dilemma. Are we paying attention to Jesus? Are we listening? Are we giving our hearts and our lives to the ways of Jesus? The passage actually continues on. Listen further to Matthew 21. What's your opinion? A man had two sons, and he went up to the first one and he said, My child, go out today and work in the vineyard. And the answer was, I don't want to. But later on, he changed his mind and went. And the father came up to the other son and said the same thing. And the son's answer was, yes, sir, right away. But he didn't go. Which of these two did the will of the father? Well, they said, the first. And Jesus said to them again, amen. I tell you, the collaborating tax collectors and the whores are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. You see, John came to you with the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. But the tax collectors and the whores believed him. But you, when you saw all this happening, you didn't change your minds later on and believe him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Jesus comes with authority, and the continuing question for our lives is how do we respond? Do we respond like the two sons? Do we say, no, we will not work, but then we do it? Or do we say, yes, we will work, we will follow, but then we don't do it? There's this interesting phrase in this passage, the way of righteousness. It's about believing and then following in the way of righteousness. This is what Jesus wants from all of us, from you, from me, from our church, from all God's people, the way of righteousness, believing in the authority of Jesus and then committing our lives to living in the way of Jesus. 
toward justice, toward righteousness, toward wholeness, toward hope. And the real challenge is continuing to find our way toward the way of righteousness. The real challenge is staying on Jesus' way. It is, friends, a daily, ongoing venture that constantly moves toward the love and the peace, the light, the care, the justice, the joy of Jesus. Are our lives about that? This summer, we have learned lots, seen lots, learned lots about lots of things. We've been delving to new depths about the systemic racial injustices that surround us in this land. Many of us are trying to come to grips with white privilege that has so much shaped our lives. Many of us are discovering that while we strive to be open and welcoming to all people, racism is a huge part of our DNA. It just is. And our society's DNA. We're seldom aware of our bias or our privilege. And despite the steps along the way toward equality and justice, like the Civil Rights Movement or the Voting Rights Act or desegregation of schools or affirmative action or many more things, we all know that we have a long, long way to go from being free from racism. Racial prejudice and racial injustice continue so much in and around us. We've also learned some things about our church and our church's history. We love our church, our long history. But our church and our history are also tied up with racism. Our church has been so tied to the culture of its time through the ages. When we're honest, we have to realize that the way may not have embodied the ways of Jesus and righteousness so well. We sometimes unknowingly have been part of a culture inclined toward white supremacy. We've been caught up in a culture of commerce and greed and capitalism that has stomped on the necks of many people. We've been negligent in our caring of creation in being good stewards of all the things that God has given us. So in response to Jesus and in response to Jesus' authority and the two sons' story and the question about doing the will of God, we have to recognize that we can and we must keep doing better. In some ways, we've not responded to the call to work in the vineyard. We've been better at working for ourselves, building wealth, working on our status, and not the way of righteousness. In some ways, we have said we would go like the second son, and we did not go because we did not recognize the radical nature of Jesus' call. Instead of working in the vineyard, we justified our 
greedy ways, justified the enslavement of others, perpetuated oppression in our culture, rationalized selfishness instead of godliness, instead of working for a world of equality and hope and justice for everyone, we have all drifted from the way of righteousness. The Gospel of Matthew, with a great emphasis on the authority of Jesus, keeps wanting to show us what faithfulness to Jesus looks like. Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom. Jesus comes with authority that wants to shape our lives and how we live and how we love and how we serve day in and day out. He doesn't just say, love your neighbor. Jesus says, love your enemies. Jesus says, forgive. Not just sometimes, but seven times, 70 times. Jesus says you cannot serve God and mammon. And as you know, because we are seeking to be a Matthew 25 church with all that we do and all that we are, Jesus says, whatever you do to the least of these, you do it to me. It's about walking the walk. It's about doing and acting and serving more and more, deeper and deeper, always and forever. There are lots of things that demand our energy and our devotion. There are lots of worries and challenges that confront us in these days. But there's also this. Jesus comes with authority. And Jesus asks us to strive for obedient faithfulness with our daily endeavors, with our regular assessment of how are we living, how are we following, how are we serving. It's way beyond our motivations and our best intentions. For Matthew's Jesus, who comes with authority, he keeps calling us to commit and to recommit, to follow and to do. Love your neighbor. Love the stranger. Hear the cry of the otherwise unheard. Liberate the poor from poverty. Care for the dignity of all. Let those who have more than they need share their blessings with those who have less. Feed the hungry. House the homeless. Heal the sick in body and in mind. Fight injustice, whoever it is done by and whoever it is done against. And do these things because we follow Jesus. Whatever color, whatever culture, whatever class, we follow Jesus toward the way of righteousness. Friends, Jesus comes with authority, claiming us, calling us, we seek to follow Jesus. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, by your Spirit, touch our lives. Touch our lives more and more and move us to deeper ways of living and loving and serving. Jesus calls forth 
obedient faithfulness, not words, actions, not a little bit, but with all that we are, show us the way toward righteousness following Jesus. Amen. Let us live so God can use us.